everyone. Welcome back to the More With Nikki Dowden podcast. As always, I am so happy that you are here. And on today's episode, it's just me. <laughs> so if you're tuning in and you're hoping for some amazing guest, then you can check the last episode or the one that will follow this one in the next two weeks. But today it is just me. And like I said, as I was dreaming about season two and what I hoped that this season would have, I wanted to pause kind of the ebb and flow of having people on and these incredible conversations. They're so good, but this is a space where I want to get to have the chance for you to know me as well. And so that's exactly what this episode is for. That's the purpose of it. And uh, just going to take a little bit of time to hang with you. And the main focus for this episode is something I've been thinking about for a long time. So just to get started, let me catch you up on what has happened so far. In the last week, exactly a week ago, I got home from a really incredible trip. So for those of you who don't know, I have actually been speaking for the last 10 years. So uh, this idea of using my voice and sharing a message and even communicating the gospel and the truth is actually something that is not new to me. It's something that I've been passionate about for a long time now. And last weekend, I had the opportunity to travel to Arkansas with my best friend, with Lindsay. You heard her, Lindsay Aldridge, on a couple episodes ago. And she tagged along with me and we flew to Arkansas to go to Camp Salem where I got to speak to a group of middle school and high school girls as well as have a couple breakout sessions with the leaders for the group. And Honestly, it was a dream realized. I mean, it's not the first opportunity I've had to do something like this, but anytime I get the chance to go anywhere, even if it's somewhere local, and to prepare a message and to pray for a group of people and to get to stand on any kind of stage and look at these faces of these individuals, these girls, these women in the crowd, it's never lost on me how incredible that is. Um, and to be honest, that is something that I feel like I was made to do. It's where I feel the most connected to the Lord. It's one of the ways where I feel the most connected to the Lord. But it's also a way where um, I've noticed that it seems helpful. It seems like people understand the message I'm trying to communicate and that it encourages them in their faith. And that's the whole point. That's the whole purpose. And so I got this invitation over a year ago. Um, someone reached out to me and said, hey, we're going to have this weekend retreat. It's going to be two days. It's called the Radiant Retreat. And we are going to have a speaker come and we would like for you to be that speaker. And not only did I get to speak for messages to the girls, middle school and high school, I also got to lead two breakout sessions with the adult leaders who had brought these girls to the camp. And then I also got to write up the devotionals for the individuals who are attending the camp to be able to be a part of uh, in their own quiet time on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then I also got to write up some discussion questions so that following the message, the girls could go into their small groups and just kind of work out um, just what we talked about, any questions they had, um, and just think through everything. And so it was really amazing. It, it was incredible. I was battling a sinus infection the entire time. So I was literally operating off of prayers 
and cough drops. I mean, that held me together. And I'll be honest, I had a moment that has never happened to me before. I was on stage on the very last bit and um, it was my very last session and it was 30 minutes long. I'd made it all the way to the end. I had said exactly the last thing that I wanted to say and then I felt this like coughing attack coming up. And so I had already told the girls when I was speaking like, hey, I am not feeling 100%. If you see me reach in my pocket and pull out this emergency cough drop, you know it's real. I did that and I said, hold on, I'm gonna get a drink of water. And I turned to the band and I was like, hey, you guys, just go ahead and pray. And um, Um, I had imagined that I could kind of step back in when I regained my composure. I literally coughed myself off stage. I had to walk off the stage and continued coughing all the way out of that space and couldn't get it together. So I never got to have that like final polished, beautiful moment of praying for the girls. But you know, that's life. And it was cool because I was leading with an incredible worship leader named Caitlin and she and her band were able to just step in and easily take over and it was no big deal at all. But it was definitely something I would not hope to repeat. And I also mentioned that my best friend Lindsay tagged along with me and that was so fun. It was so, so fun. Um, That's gonna kind of tie into something I'm gonna share a little bit later. But I had this advice at one point from someone who has done this a little bit longer than me and at a little bit larger scale than me. And they said, if you can ever invite people to go with you on these trips, whether that's someone who's interested in doing something similar or just someone that you love or someone that can hold you up in prayer and encourage you, then bring them along. And so when I knew that I was going to be doing this, I texted Lindsay and I was like, hey, do you want to come along with me to Arkansas? And she said yes. And she bought a plane ticket. And anyone who's listening that was at the conference or that was at this retreat is going to know that she was just as much a gift to everyone there as I was, to be honest. Uh, but she was a lifesaver to me because Lindsay has a background in nursing. She's also just a really caring and wonderful friend. And so she helped me to make it through this weekend with this insane sinus infection that was going on. But it was really cool. It, it was amazing. And Over the weekend, honestly, during that time, the best part was that uh, in our Saturday morning session, we had an opportunity to present the gospel and to invite anyone who was listening, if they wanted to reconnect with Christ or if they wanted to give their life to Christ, that they could take that step. And just to kind of signify that decision and that choice, I had the girls just like open their eyes while everyone else was like praying, heads down, eyes closed heads bowed, eyes closed, you know the drill. I had the girls who wanted to make that decision just kind of make eye contact with me so I could pray with them. And there were so many eyes. There were so many eyes in that room. And that's really what it's all about. And it was just a moment that I'll never forget. And kind of our theme for the retreat that weekend was Radiant. It's called the Radiant Retreat. Uh, But we were talking about, number one, what does it look like to live a radiant life? Number two, who is God and how can I know that I can trust him? Number three, who am I and why is that so hard to believe? And number four, what on earth do I do with my life? And so we were kind of hovering around this idea of being creator designed and not culture defined. And it was awesome. And so that was really an incredible moment, but it had, I had this podcast episode in the back of my mind because I hadn't recorded it at the time of being at the retreat. I'm recording this about a week after I got home from the retreat. 
And I knew that this episode was going to be just a dedicated space for just me, only my voice, only my story um, on this episode. And so as I've been thinking and considering and praying through what this could look like, I felt like it lined up really well because a lot of you may not know that I've actually been speaking for about 10 years now. And while that's a really cool thing to be a part of. It's a really interesting thing too. It's like, how on earth did I find myself in this place? Like, did I always dream that this was what I was going to do? Um, is this something I had, you know, marked out as my 10-year career plan? And I'll tell you right now, absolutely not. No, that is not how it worked for me. Uh, that may be how it works for some people, but that was absolutely not how it worked for me. Um, kind of the way that it happened for me, how I fell into the speaking, writing, communicating, podcasting world. I wanted to tell that story in the first half of this episode. And then in the second half of this episode, I just wanted to give some practical tips of what I've learned so far in this space. So if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, I would really love to share words with the world, whether that's from a stage speaking, whether that's with a small group through a Bible study, um, whether that's by becoming a mentor to people, or if that is having your own podcast or whatever, writing a book, whatever that looks like. I just thought I could share some helpful tips of some things that I've learned and that I've collected over the years. And then I also wanted to um, just kind of give you some encouragement if this is something that you've been considering for a long time, but haven't quite taken that first step into. And the first thing that I would say for me, as I'm just kind of launching in and telling you this story, is to set the backdrop appropriately. I would actually say that um, I had a realization a couple years ago that resonated with me on a really deep level that has kind of stuck with me and has shaped the way that I approach this communicator life as a woman in the church who is communicating about God and truth and biblical worldview. Um, when I think about what I do and who I am, um, I actually think of myself more as a worship leader than I do as a speaker or even as a writer. And that's not to, you know, toot my own horn or sound holier than thou or to try to be trendy or cool in any way. It was just that um, a couple of years ago, <clears throat> there was this retreat uh, that was happening at Passion City Church. There was this um, conference and it was called the Lift Conference. And this conference exists just to equip worship leaders in what they are doing. And as I heard about this retreat, I had this intense desire to go. Now, I do wish that I had a voice like Brooke Lidger would, or I wish that I was a beautiful, beautiful musician like Carrie Job. Um, that is not my story. That is not my voice. While I like my voice, that is not the way that it sounds. It's most beautiful. Um, if you've ever stood next to me in worship or if you've sat next to me in the car during car karaoke, you'll know. Music is not my gift. It is not my thing. I love it, but it is not my gift. And even so, I felt really drawn to this conference and I decided to go. So I attended the Lyft conference and they did have a couple breakout sessions for individuals who find themselves leading worship in a different kind of way, whether that's as a host for a moment or if that is as a speaker or a writer. And it was at that weekend where um, it 
it really dawned on me that what I feel most comfortable doing, what I feel the most alive doing, what I feel the most helpful contributing to the world is just helping to host moments of worship. And what that looks like practically is sometimes I get to host a moment of worship by sitting in a small circle with, you know, five to 10 people and we're just digging into scripture together and we're just discussing. It's it's not me teaching, it's a discussion and we're just sifting through the word together. Sometimes hosting a moment of worship for me looks like having coffee with a friend and um, us just encouraging each other or grieving with each other or having a phone call with a friend where we're just really kind of battling out the reality of life together. Um, Maybe we're talking through a painful situation that I'm in or that they're in, and we're really examining how is God in this moment. And then sometimes hosting worship looks like Um, being on a stage. And it looks like what it did last weekend in Arkansas, where I am standing on a stage and we're talking through scripture and stories from my life and these realizations and these points. But really what we're doing is we're continuing in our worship. That is how we're we're worshiping the Lord. And um, I joke with people that in heaven, I feel like the job that I want, the job that I would hope to have is I want to be a door holder in heaven. And when I was in college, I had the opportunity to be a greeter for Campus Church at Liberty. University. And so uh, every, I think that was Wednesday nights, I would stand at the door. I would literally hold open the door and I would say, welcome to Campus Church. (laughs) So glad you're here. Welcome to Campus Church. Welcome to Campus Church. And it was the highlight of my week. I loved it. And I joke that that's the role that I want to have in heaven. I just want to hold the door open for people and be like, you made it. I'm so glad you're here. You've made it. You're in. Like, come on in, join the party. Welcome to heaven. That's that's the job that I have, uh, that I hope to have in heaven. And the job that I have here on earth is to kind of hold that door open in a different way. So maybe that's through an Instagram post, or maybe that's through a message, or maybe that's through a conversation, just holding the door open to heaven. And the reason I can do that is because so many people have held that door open for me. And so I stand on their shoulders and get to turn around and hold it open for the people who are behind me. And so that's how I would describe what I do, my philosophy, if you will, behind what I do and why I do and how I do. Um, How on earth did this happen? Well, it all started whenever I was at Impact 360, which if you're following these episodes in order, the very last episode that I had with Eric Turner, uh, we actually told a little bit of this story. So when I was at Impact 360, I was a part of a group of 28 students who had given their first year of college, dedicated it just to learning more about scripture, learning more about what it looks like to live in community and what our purpose is in life. That's literally the whole reason that we were there for those nine months. And when I was there, we had to take different classes because it equals 18 hours of college credit. And one of the courses was on how to um, leadership, essentially, how to tell your story, how to lead well, how to give a presentation. So I gave my very first presentation on leadership. And I remember being shocked that um, the person, the professor who was leading that course actually um, 
gave me this award, this like you nailed it award for saying that I had done well on my presentation. And it genuinely surprised me. I was not expecting that. I did not know that was a thing. I didn't even know that what I had given was good. Um, And from there, I kind of started to dip my toe into this communication and Um, messaging kind of world. And so um, when there were other opportunities to give presentations or to do different things like that during the gap year, I volunteered and I took them seriously. Or if it was an assignment, I I really kind of leaned into it. And from there, started getting more and more affirmation that, hey, this may be something that is unique to your life. Um, Maybe the way that you approach this and the way you feel when you're doing this is something significant. And To be honest, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have peers and mentors who had underlined that in my life. So I guess if you're listening to this, the first thing I would say is just pay attention to the things that trusted people in your life underline about your life, things that people comment on, things that come really natural to you that may not be as natural to others, things that feel like they could be a God-given gift. And if you don't know what those things might be, ask someone who loves you, ask someone who believes in you, ask someone who is a good influence in your life, and just be curious about what they might say. Because it was really at Impact 360 where I took those first steps in public speaking and even considering what that could look like. But I was hard-headed. And so from there... I went on to Liberty University and I continued on with my beautiful plan, which was beautiful. It was, I was going to be a pediatrician for children with disabilities because in high school, uh, I had really grown fond of working with individuals with disabilities. And so I had decided that that's what I was going to give my college career to. That's what I was going to give my profession to, even though I was kind of starting to uncover this ability or this love. And I spent about a semester and a half at Liberty pursuing chemistry and biology and all these things. And I just started to notice that my affinity for the learning that we were doing in class and in that course and in that program was very different from my classmates. My classmates were interested and fascinated and intrigued by what we were learning. And I was absolutely not. I was, I remember sitting in chemistry thinking, how long do I have to get through this? How long do I have to suffer until I get to the good stuff? And I actually met with my chemistry professor, Dr. Richardson, and I was meeting with her about an assignment that we had in class that I just wanted a little bit of extra instruction on. And she was kind, she was gracious, but she was direct. And she said, Nicole, because that's my legal name. She said, Nicole, what do you want to do in your life? And I was like, I want to be a pediatrician for children with disabilities. And she asked me why. And then she handed me a blank piece of paper and she was like, can you write out things that you are good at, things that you love or things that people have acknowledged that you are good at? And I thought that was kind of weird, but I just started to write out things that people had pointed out in my life from my time at Impact 360 and communication was one of them. And my college chemistry professor was actually the one who recommended that I switch my major to communications. And I had never even thought about it. It hadn't even crossed my mind at that time. 
So I went back to my dorm room. I looked up the degree completion plan, and I saw that there was no chemistry on it. And I changed my degree, and I decided to kind of make that jump. But I'll be honest, even at that time, I wasn't sure. I I didn't know if that was the right thing to do. A lot of people view comms and psych degrees as a cop-out. I wanted to still be viewed as intelligent. And so I I just was not sure about it, but I made that jump and I spent the next few years learning um, all about strategic communication and I loved it. I found it so fascinating. Now I was that classmate who genuinely found comms theory fascinating. And not that I loved every minute of it, but I thought that a lot of it was actually pretty cool. And it just resonated with something in me. And a Along that journey, along those couple of years, I got my very first invitation to teach. And that invitation came in the form of a summer camp job with Windshape Camps. And I was actually teaching a breakout session uh, called a skill at that camp called Propel My Life. And in Propel My Life, we were talking biblical worldview and just kind of walking through like how to know what you believe and why. Did that for a summer loved it, saw that there was someone my age who was on the stage and was actually the camp worship speaker. So a girl my age, my stage of life, was getting up on stage every morning and taking us through our messages. And at that time, I had never seen a woman give a sermon before. And we were at an all-girls camp, but even still, I just had never seen that in my upbringing. And so that kind of sparked something in me. And so I I met with one of the camp directors, Trisha, if you're listening, changed my life. And she really challenged me. She was like, hey, if you're going to step into this role, if you're going to apply to fill this role next summer, you really got to take it seriously because this is a really important job. And what you say on stage is going to translate into the beliefs of the middle school and high school girls who are listening and it's just a really big job. And somehow I walked away from her seemingly intimidating conversation. While it was super intimidating, I was still inspired. I thought, I really think this is something I would love to do. So I applied. I was offered the opportunity to be the worship speaker for Windshape Camps. Did that for two summers. So I spent two summers every day communicating for about 45 minutes. I spent the rest of the day preparing my message and fine-tuning it for the next day. And I did that for 10 days in a row um, for four different sessions. And then I would just kind of be available. I was still doing all the fun camp things, but was available just to have conversations with campers or staff if they had any questions. And when I tell you that that was my absolute favorite job I've ever done in the entire world, um, I still mean it. If I could do that full-time forever, forever, that is absolutely what I would do. I fell in love. I was hooked. And I think that's where I started to catch that vision for what it meant to host a moment of worship in a variety of different ways. And from there, that led to more doors that continued to open to speak at retreats and to speak at conferences, to speak at a golf tournament, to speak um, at, you know, Rotary Club, random things. It, It has been the most random things to be featured on podcasts. It's been so sporadic and it's been so intentional every time, Um, but it has been one of the greatest privileges of my life so far. And I've had incredible mentors along the way and I've had this opportunity to learn from some of the most incredible communicators on the planet and to watch 
how they do what they do and why they do it and what are they like on stage versus off stage. And it has only fueled my love. Um, And that's why from there, I really wanted to take that next step that if this was something I wanted to dedicate my life to, I wanted to make sure that I was stewarding that well. And so I started looking into seminary programs and theology master's degrees so that I could just further my understanding of scripture and the Christian faith and to take this, kind of like Trisha said, to take this whole thing as seriously as I could. And that is what led me to the Propel Women Wheaton program, which I'm not going to talk your ear off about that here. If you want to hear about my experience in that, you can go back a couple episodes and hear a conversation with a couple of my friends from the cohort about that. Um, But that was another huge turning point for me where I was saying, I want to invest my time and my money and my effort into really going deeper, deeper, deeper with the Lord so that when I do have these opportunities when a door does open that I'm not just skilled in the way that I communicate, but that I have something to say. And the way that I have something to say is also by having amazing people in my life. I had a mentor, Jamie Swank, who told me that if you are going to be a communicator, you have to be a good reader. Because if you don't read scripture, and if you aren't a constant learner, you're not going to have anything to say. And it's women and men and individuals in my life like this who have built me up, have formed me into where I'm at today. And now kind of my heart for this current season is to keep investing and putting one step in front of the other and just to kind of see where it leads and just to trust God with what happens and the opportunities that open. And so that kind of culminated into this podcast, which happened because I had this idea of what would it look like to uh, introduce people to some of these incredible individuals I've met along the way, some of the people I'm mentioning here, others that you've seen on episodes so far. And my incredible husband, Scott, believes in me and believes in what the Lord's put me on the earth to do. And so he was like, yeah, let's do this. And he bought me this microphone for my birthday for, I believe that was my 28th, 27th birthday. And that opened the door for the More With Nikki Dutton podcast. And so that's exactly how all of this came to be, how we got here today. And I just thought that that could be an encouraging word for anyone out there who is considering stepping into this space, who's considering launching their own podcast or sharing their thoughts more courageously on Instagram or hosting a blog or gathering people in your home to have a Bible study. Maybe you're listening to this and you've been looking for um, that encouragement to take your next step. And the biggest thing I would say is that you don't have to do it perfectly. Um, I think that the one thing there, actually, I would say this, there are two things that have warred against my Uh, momentum in this area, even though it's the way that I feel the most connected to God, even though it's something that I really feel like has for the most part been beneficial to the individuals around me when I have these opportunities, there are two things that have come against it most consistently. Number one, 
is that I want to get it perfect. And as much as I'm attempting to get this perfect um, is as much as it will be delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And so even tonight, as I'm sitting down to record this podcast episode, there are things that make me think, oh, well, maybe I should prepare more or do this or do that. And while being prepared is so important, I think it's also important to understand that worship is not an act of perfection. Worship is something that you do in the midst of your moving. And so while you're navigating life, while you're navigating the lows, while you're navigating the highs, while you're working things out and you have questions of God, uh, I mean, use responsibility for sure in the way that you're communicating because it is powerful and important for the ones that are listening. But at the same time, understand that um, just Going into it authentically is is a really big part of actually making that first step in communicating. Um, you don't have to publish everything that you write or you prepare. It's okay to flex that muscle and then to not share it publicly. That, that was really good advice that I got. Um, but the other thing that I would say that kind of comes against it is if you are not Um, If I, I'll say I, if I am not leaning into the Lord on my own, if I'm not pursuing his word on my own, if I am not praying on my own, if I'm not worshiping in a private place, then my public worship, those moments where I do have opportunities to share with a larger group of people are going to be very empty or it is a recipe for disaster because I might start operating out of my own opinions and thoughts versus the truth. And so that's another great piece of advice that I've received so far is that if you are looking to, um, yeah, to step through those doors of opportunity, just make sure that you're investing in that private worship with the Lord. Um, Something that happened for me is that following my master's degree, I was really considering, which I just wrapped up, woo-woo, I was really considering, should I pursue a PhD? Is that something that I want to do next? And while it's something that's very intriguing to me, especially in an area of spiritual formation or in a specific topic that I'm interested in, I really felt like for myself personally, this next step, this next chapter, this next season of me with the Lord was not one of accomplishment and was not one of um, pursuing that in an academic format. What I really felt like the Lord was inviting me to in this current season following the completion of my master's degree was for me to practice the presence of Jesus personally and privately. Um, in my everyday life to go about learning about scripture and learning about the church and learning about the history of evangelicalism and learning about all of these things in my own private place of worship and not necessarily for the purpose of a paper or for a degree. And that is not something that I think is true for everyone. I think that that was true just for me and my own heart and my own part of where I'm at in this season. And so that's exactly where I am at. And so when I say that that private place of worship is important, that's not coming from a place of someone who has it completely figured out. Uh, but that's something that I think obviously for all of us in life is the most important thing that we will do. Um, I had a, another mentor in college who said that the most important thing you will do in a day, and she was talking to a group of student leaders, is spend time with the Lord period, more important than anything else you do in this day. 
it will be to spend time with the Lord. And that has continued to ring true in my life in so many different ways ever since I first heard her say that. So that is how we got here. <laughs> that is how the More With Nikki Dutton podcast originated from its very, very, very earliest parts and just a little bit of a glimpse behind uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing and how I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's not every name that has been influential on the journey. That's not every part of the story. And that is not the end of the story either. I'm really excited to see what God's going to do next. Um, but that just kind of gives you a little bit of insight into my, like I said, my philosophy or my thinking behind communicating, behind having a podcast, behind writing intentionally on Instagram or sharing publicly from a stage whatever that worship moment looks like. That's kind of how that all happened. But as promised, I also thought it could be helpful just to drop a couple quick tips. If you are listening to this and specifically you want to use your voice to host a podcast, and this does not have to be just like my podcast. Your podcast could be about crime. I was on an incredible podcast recently called moms who talk crime and we were talking about human trafficking um, or maybe you want to host a podcast uh, following your favorite movie series or TV series or you just want to chat with your best friend and have an excuse to talk to him or her and record it and tell stories whatever it is um, I just thought it could be cool just to share a couple of the tips of how I got started and what you can do to start your own podcast so Number one, you have to dream up this idea. So have a solid idea. What do you want to hear? What's the podcast you wished existed and you feel like there's a gap? What is something that you want to add to this space? And here's the thing. Don't be intimidated that there are so many podcasts out there because your voice and your uh, reach, the individuals who are going to tune into you is something that could be totally different from the ones who are going to hear my voice. If you want to hear more of a conversation on comparison versus competition, you can roll back a couple episodes to the Elise Griffin episode where her and I talk about what it's like to both host podcasts. But what I would say is number one, just draw up what would you want this podcast to look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Who are you talking to in this podcast? And while you're doing that, uh, number two, listen to other podcasts, take notes. And literally, I've said this before, my notes section on my phone is what I'm looking at in this moment. And it's where I just capture my thoughts and just as I'm working out things, or if I hear something that I like, or I have an idea, I just capture it there. So use that to help you build up what you want your podcast to sound and feel like. And then number two, or number three, <laughs> Number three, uh, get a microphone and a pop filter. So the microphone that I use is a Blue Yeti mic. I will link it in the description. It's beautiful. I love it. It's one of my favorite possessions that I have on this earth. It's so great. And it has been 
so, so wonderful for the podcast so far. I couldn't recommend it any more highly. And with that microphone, you're going to want to get something that's called a pop filter. So it's kind of this uh, fabric piece that can either go over the microphone or in front of the microphone that helps limit kind of that, the, the sounds you don't want to pick up on a podcast. When you're saying, you know, anything that has a P in it or an S in it, it kind of softens those sounds. So get you a microphone and a pop filter for number three. And then number four, I would say, create yourself a logo. And this is where I got stuck. I wanted it to look perfect. I wanted it to be beautiful. And so I was really stressing over how to make a logo. And here's the deal. It does not have to be professional. It can be if you have that ability or you have that network or those friends, go for it. But it can literally be something as simple as using Canva which is free, to create some kind of logo that represents the name of your podcast. The logo you're looking at right now for this podcast came from Canva. And sure, one day I hope to do a whole overhaul and have a beautiful new brand for the More With Nikki Dunn podcast. But to be honest, it's been perfect and it served its purpose. So number four, I would say get you a logo. You can definitely do this very easily using Canva and some of the templates that they have there. Number five, I use something called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. I'm going to link it below to upload all of my audio files and Anchor actually releases the podcast for me, which is really beautiful. So all I do is I drag and drop the audio files and Anchor puts it on Apple, Spotify, wherever. It puts in all these places. And how I record my audio, you can do that in Anchor in 30 minute increments, which is totally great. Or you can use this program called Audacity. Hey, Luke, he's my sound editor. He's the one who told me about Audacity. It's free, it's beautiful, it's intimidating. All I know how to do is to open it and to hit the record button and to export it. But it gives you really clear audio and it just helps you to be able to either give that to your sound editor or to piece those audio pieces together for yourself so that, so that at the end you have a really uh, well-spoken podcast that sounds really crisp and clear and clean. And speaking of Luke, okay, here's the biggest deal. If you have anyone in your life who is someone who enjoys working on sound projects, maybe they enjoy playing around in GarageBand or sound editing, if you can talk them into having a deal with you where you can pay them to piece together your episode audio files and to just kind of put it together and give it to you, it makes all the difference. I could definitely figure out how to put things together, how to smooth it out, how to add the music to the beginning and the end. But I found myself a friend, Luke Wilson at Veritas Podcasting, and he has changed my life because what I do is I record these interviews, I record these little episode audio files, and I send them to Luke and he puts them together and he makes it sound crisp and clean and beautiful and cohesive And he is incredible. So I will say this, if you are looking for a sound editor, I could not recommend Luke more highly. He's become a friend and a champion of this podcast. And so highly, highly, highly recommend Luke if you are looking for someone. And then just a couple final thoughts if you are looking to actually start 
and launch a podcast, uh, the next thing I would say is just to record. You can get tripped up in a lot of the details and I'll kind of rattle off a couple things that are helpful to think through. But at some point, you just have to sit down and you just have to do it. If you have your idea, if you know what you want to say, if you have this thought of what you want to contribute to the world, you don't have to have every word mapped out for the episode. You don't have to have every guest planned out, but just sit down and just give it your attention and just see what you can make. And here's the deal. If you record an episode, you put it together and you listen back through and you hate it, then don't release it. But honestly, I think what stops most of us from actually taking these steps and creating things that we want to give to the world or that we want to share with the world is that we just don't make time to do it. And I am the worst at this. If it wasn't for Scott Dutton, I don't know if you'd be hearing my voice right now. And so I'm thankful that I have people in my life that encourage me to do it. So if you don't have anyone in your circle that's telling you just to go for it, hear me loud and clear, just go for it. If you have this idea, sit down, record. And even if you don't have the fancy microphone and pop filter and all these things, just use your iPhone, use Anchor, use Audacity. All these things are free and just give it a try. And if you want to level up later in life of your podcast, great. But just to get started is really helpful. Um, And as you're thinking through more of the details about your podcast, you know, decide how often do you want to release your episodes? I started last year uh, with season one. I just had myself a goal of releasing one episode a month. And that's all I did this year. I'm trying to challenge myself and I'm trying to release a podcast episode every two weeks. And so whatever your life looks like, choose a frequency and set yourself to it and hold yourself accountable to do that. And I would also say that you can uh, invite people to celebrate with you as you record an episode and it's ready to go. It's ready for people to listen. Tell people about it. Share it with people over text or share it with people on Instagram. You don't have to feel weird about that. And if people want to tune in, they will. And if they won't, they won't. And that is okay. I think a lot of us saw this amazing post that was circulating a few years ago that said, um, For those of us who are discouraged about our Instagram followings, imagine how if you're getting 30 views on your Instagram stories, that could fill a classroom. If you're getting, you know, 50 views or 75 views, that could fill a bus. And if you're getting, you know, whatever, 400 views, that could fill like a huge room, a huge classroom. And so whatever amount of engagement you're getting, that in that represents an individual person. So don't get so hung up on um, having to have this many downloads or this many views or this many audience members or this whatever. If this is something that you like and you enjoy doing and it's contributing something good into the world, just keep being faithful with it. And that's where I'm at with this. I mean, I'm so lucky to have so many of you listening along and being so encouraging. But at the end of the day, I think I would do this even if I wasn't getting uh, a ton of listens because I just love to do it. And so wherever you're at, I hope that this is encouraging to you. If that looks like having a podcast, there are a few 
tips and tricks for how to get started. If it looks like writing or leading a small group or starting uh, a mentorship opportunity, hopefully this gave you some encouragement to take the next steps in that. But I want to be someone who is in your corner. I want to be someone who can champion you and cheer you on. So if there's ever any way that I can help you, I'm going to include my email on the show notes of this, and you can absolutely reach out and let me know any questions that you have about this, any thoughts that you have, any feedback you have, or any roadblocks that you're facing, because I would love, love, love to help you um, with anything that I have. Anything that I have, you are welcome to. And that actually kind of leads me to the last thing that I thought I would share with you, um, just something of an encouragement. So if you're hearing this and you think that I'm on the other side of this thing, that I already have a podcast or I'm already speaking, of course, I would love to see those things continue to grow and get better and better and better. Uh, But there's one thing that I actually am taking a chance on that I've never done before. And that is, I had this idea recently that I wanted to host a weekend, very simple, nothing fancy, um, for a couple of my friends who I know are in this space. And in order to break down that wall of comparison and competition, I just thought it could be so cool if a few of us came together and we talked about our podcast, what's been hard, what's been good, uh, what what do we need help with and brainstorm and give feedback and learn together and create a community of collaboration versus an environment of competition. And so that is one of those big ideas that I'm taking these little baby steps towards that I don't have it worked out. I don't have the finances figured out. I don't even have the guest list figured out, but it's just something that has been a dream that I am taking some next steps on. So I'm with you. I'm with you in this desire to do something good uh, and just kind of working out with the Lord what that looks like. So go for it. Wherever you're at today, go for it. And when you do, share it with me because I would love to tune in.